Hello and welcome to the Max Communications 2020 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archives and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Stacey Ann Bagdy, who is Collections and Exhibition Officer at Headstone Manor Museum, and Kelly Aceta Crow, who is Digitization Project Officer for the same. And they work with the Harrow Museum Collection and the Harrow Local History Collection and Archive. Hi ladies, would you like to introduce yourself and talk about the collection you're working with? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, my name is Stacey Ann Bagdy, as mentioned, I'm the curator at Headstone Manor Museum. I manage both the museum collections and archive collections. And I'm Kelly Osetta Crow, and I'm Digitization Project Officer, which um, incorporates both collections as well, focusing on getting those onto our online catalogue and scanned and uh, imaged into our database. So you're based at Headstone Manor. Well, at the moment you're based at home, but normally you're based at Headstone Manor. How do you spend an average day then in each of your roles? So, um, yeah, we were thinking about this. I mean, it's, it's quite difficult to kind of stay an average day, especially during these circumstances. And I mean, Kelly and I kind of look at our average day as more of an average week and you know, things can change uh, per day and uh, per hour sometimes within our roles. Um, so, I mean, generally in, in the week and, and per day, we try to kind of split our time up because we are a small team and we tend to have about two days per week of answering inquiries on site. And that does take up the yeah, majority of our time and we're quite lucky to get quite a few inquiries based on our collections. We do have quite a lot of support actually through our, um, our support from paid assistance and supporting volunteers as well. Yeah, we have, um, we have those volunteers in and they're a huge help for us, especially shout out to Marilyn who's been uh, taking on our inquiries while we've been kind of trapped at home because she has a good prior knowledge of the collections. Uh, we also do some um, volunteer work in general, so we supervise volunteers who are auditing and inventorying our collections at the moment. One of the big challenges we have is that we don't have a complete paper-based paper catalog for the archive, so there's been a lot of inventory work and I can't do that by myself, so the uh, volunteers are in almost every day of the week normally when we're not in lockdown. Um, we spend a lot of time clearing backlog as well, so the uh, archive collection continues to get donations and um, when the museum was being redone and reopened a lot of those new donations kind of were paused they were accepted but not cataloged so we do a lot of time with the backlog that we're trying to clear and um, we're also doing a lot of remote volunteering now so our days are still kind of supervising that a bit especially we're trying to get all of our accession registers digitized so that we have that record which is one of the more important things that a museum owns is their accession registers. So what type of material is in the collection? Because it's got a long history of all coming together. And then, of course, you just said you're still collecting. Yeah, so uh, I guess this might be the best part to kind of tell you all about the history of our collections. Um, so we know that there was a collection in existence by 1948 uh, when the Willstone Library opened as a brand new library. Um, from that point, it was given a permanent home in the Central Reference Library at Gayton Road, and that happened in 1968. And this was when the first local history librarian was appointed, so it's quite a significant time within our, within our collections history. And um, in 1972, it then moved to the Civic Centre Library in December of that year. 
And I think a lot of people actually remember it being there. We get a lot of inquiries saying, oh, we remember it being in the Civic Centre Library. And it's quite difficult for us to kind of answer some of those inquiries because things have changed since then. Because now, actually, it sits at Headstone Manor Museum after the Civic Centre Library closed in October 2013. Um, and, you know, it was the best move for us um, in terms of that that move over to the museum because you know, for the future survival of the service and, and generally accessibility. When the museum formed in 1986, we um, we had a lot of, basically a lot of items that were deposited that were also archival in its purest form. So actually having both collections now in one place allows us to understand it the other and um, use both collections in our, in our work, especially exhibitions and inquiries. So yeah. And I guess the type of material we have um, is, is quite interesting. It, it ties into that history as well. So in the beginning, because it was kind of um, a catch-all collection, you were getting, uh, tends to be a lot of personal donations. So people's collections of postcards or photographs or um, diaries, scrapbooks. We have lots and lots of scrapbooks full of newspaper clippings. Um, and then over time, as it got more and more incorporated into the actual um, council's library service, you also started seeing more official type of materials getting deposited. So we have lots of council minute books and old rate books for the predecessors of Harrow Council. Um, and then at one point, I think there was a bit of a feeling of um, kind of being overwhelmed because it had a local history librarian for a while who wasn't a properly trained archivist. And so we got a lot of definitely archival material that was pre-19th um, century. And a lot of that ended up going to the London Metropolitan Archives where they could properly care for it. So we don't have all of that material. A lot of times when people come to us looking for earlier stuff, we redirect them to the LMA. Um, but we've there's been the continuous collection of this kind of mix. So we do have mostly paper-based items. Um, like I said, photographs, uh, record books, great books, diaries, that kind of thing. But we also have a lot of film um, and negatives. So we have a collection of films that are actually up online and, and can be viewed on the London Screen Archives website. And that's been really great for us because people have been able to find them more easily. Um, and actually one of them, a clip of them was recently featured in uh, an ITV documentary, which is great. Um, and uh, there has been a bit of rearranging going on with the types of material we have as well, where now that we're under one roof with the museum, anything that's kind of more three-dimensional object-based has maybe shifted a bit over to the museum rather than staying with the archive. Um, but we are kind of working our way up to getting most of this available online when it can be. So we do have some of our maps, which we have quite a large collection of maps. We have those online through Layers of London. Um, we're starting that partnership including our one of our bomb maps. So we have a wide variety of types of objects, both personal and more council-based material. So you said you get a lot of inquiries. What kind of uh, research are people undertaking? Um, it's largely personal. A lot of the inquiries we get are related to family history or um, perhaps people wanting to see what their house looked like back in the day. Uh, and that's really fun, actually, for us to track that down because there's a very um, large amount of emotion tied to responding to those inquiries. But we also have some professional inquiries coming in. We recently had an architectural historian interested in some of the um, houses and arts and crafts architect built in Harrow. 
Uh, and we've had a woman who is doing her PhD on the emergence of council housing in the early 20th century. So that was really interesting to contribute to as well. Um, and we also have some council inquiries that come internally. So when they want to do projects concerning um, housing or advertising, they often want photographs of the borough from uh, older days. And that's really nice to kind of feel like you're working with your other colleagues to promote the importance of the archive. How large is your archive? How many items roughly do you have? Do you know? Um, we don't actually know because uh, when it came to us, from that central library that, um, or the civic center library, sorry, that Stacy mentioned earlier. Um, unfortunately, it was kind of a bit of a rushed job. And um, there had been some catalogs and lists in the past, shout out to Bob, um, who's the librarian who was there for almost 40 years working with the local history library. And he did a really great job um, kind of providing these little guides, but because it wasn't ever treated as a proper archive, there was never an actual archival catalog made for it. Um, so we've been doing a bit of snooping around in what we have over the last year. And I think the conservative, we're looking at several hundred thousand individual objects. Um, we recently discovered three boxes containing at least 70,000 individual photographic negatives. So that was just three boxes. Uh, so there's a lot in there and that's, you know, we're trying to reach out to partners and volunteers who are interested in helping us inventory this because there's a lot of treasures we know that are in there. I mean, when you said there was a backlog, I didn't realize it was quite that long. <laughs> I think the good thing is that they are kind of departmentalized. I mean, we know where things kind of sit. We, we do have a certain section for, for our photog photographs sorry, in our books. So I think that, that, that does make it easy and we, we have quite good storage. Uh, but yeah, with, with the museum collection as well, we probably have well over 100,000. I think the museum objects have at least 30,000 objects and, and records in that. So we, wow. yeah, we kind of deal with a big substantial collections, which makes the job a lot more exciting. You know, there's definitely more stories to discover there. Would you say that's your biggest challenge, kind of this wealth of material that's sort of suffered a bit from being moved around a lot until it's found its home? Or, or is there other th problems you've come across? Um, yeah, I think um, for me, it certainly was when I came in, I was brought in to digitize the material, but um, it's very difficult to digitize material that doesn't have a object number or a catalog number, because how do you then put on the system for people to find? So that's been a huge challenge for us. And uh, I think there's been a bit of, it's been shifting. So when it was part of a library, it was more people could browse and look through it. Um, but now that we've really look, looked at it and decided it is properly an archive that needs actual cataloging, um, there's a lot of time being spent on that. and. We definitely kept, kept getting more material as well. So even that first deposit that came over from the closed library, after that they closed a second library whose basement was full of more material. And we also received um, some material from other council departments who were looking to downsize their personal archives in that department. So it's a continuous influx of material and we can't pause that influx in order to catalog because then you might miss out on something that really needs to be taken care of. So you've had a, a bit of a challenge with that for sure, but we have some really great um, people that have helped us out with advice from other boroughs. Shout out to Brenton Hillingdon Boroughs for helping us out a lot at the beginning. Um, and we also, I think one of my bigger challenges as well is learning when to tease things apart and when to reintegrate them. So previous librarians liked to um, make all the photographs in one section 
even though that meant that it might have been pulling apart someone's um, original deposits that they gave in their in order of their material. So we have a local um, author called E.M. Ware and he gave us a large deposit and some of the pictures have been pulled out to be put in other locations. So we're attempting to reintegrate them. So I think that's been my biggest challenge, but I think Stacy has some too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just gonna kind of pick up on that. I mean, the, the size of the collections that are a challenge and I think as, as a curator, I manage both collections. It is a challenge, but you know, it is also quite exciting. And I think one of the other challenges, to be honest, I mean, we are quite a small team. Um, we, we are quite a small service within the, the larger council service. And it can be quite difficult to kind of push our way at the top. Um, so we are kind of recognized internally and externally. But we do have a lot of support. Like Kelly said, we, we go to sector support bodies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess one of the other challenges is, you know, this time has been quite challenging for us. We've had to adapt and be quite flexible within our services and the outputs that we deliver for our audiences. So, we, you know, we've gone digital now. We've done a lot of exhibitions that are quite digital. And that itself, I think, is quite a challenge for us. I mean, we're quite flexible and we're quite able to adapt to new technologies. But, you know, it's always challenging, especially during these times. So, yeah, I think that there's always challenges, but we're, we kind of look ahead to as much as we can. Yeah, it's been kind of thrown in the deep end this year, but it, you do already have that digitization project going on. So you did have a bit of groundwork. Yeah, we're definitely lucky. I mean, I, I'm personally lucky just to have Kelly um, on, our, on our hand and, you know, her own personal skills in, in that department allows us to push it further, you know, than we, we could have done otherwise. But yeah, we're always looking for new ways to kind of make our collections more accessible, to digitalize them. Um, so yeah, always on the lookout for those opportunities. What are you? What are your current plans for the digitization? Obviously, sort of an online catalogue might be the most obvious thing. But you just you just said uh, online exhibition things like that. Are there other sort of directions you would like to take the collection in? Yeah, I think our biggest thing is because we're such a small museum and a such, such a small service is just collaborations. So obviously with yourselves and Borough Photos, that's going to be really great for us to kind of get more, more eyeballs on our images. Um, and we're also working to reach out to other copyright owners of some of the material we physically own uh, to find out if they are interested in doing any type of collaborations. We've got some old newspapers that we're hoping might be promising in that direction and we'd like eventually to kind of do some crowdsourcing for metadata so um, by being able to put our images online on you know places where you're able to leave comments or add tags we can then ask the public to kind of help us identify things because um, I live in Harrow and I have for the last seven years and Stacy's kind of a new transplant to Harrow but obviously there are some people who remember how it used to look and they can identify things in the images and and documents a lot faster than us so that is i think something we'd really like to do make people feel like they're part of the work that we're doing for sure do you feel as though you benefit from being in a historic building like hester manor do you think that that's made a difference to how you view the collection or how other people view the collection Um, I think it has allowed us to kind of approach it in a bit more of a holistic way. I think, as we said, bringing both collections on one site now has definitely allowed us to, 
gain a better understanding of the, of just the general history of Harrow. To be able to use collections in, in more ways than we have done has been quite um, beneficial for us. So, you know, when I do plan exhibitions, for example, you know, the archive is very much at the forefront of that um, planning stage. You know, it's not really a separate collection in that respect. And, you know, within a historic house, it kind of lends itself to being, you know, respected and to be able to, you know, have on your fingertips. You know, we do invite a lot of people to visit our site. Um, you know, and in the future, we do hope to kind of open our stores up. I think that's something we're quite eager to do. We want to be uh, sorted out a few other hurdles. We're quite keen to bring people kind of behind the scenes. And I think, yeah, being on a historic property, also an ancient monument site, definitely adds to that value. What is your sort of, I mean, you must have, when you curate exhibitions and stuff, there must be themes you go for or objects you like to include. What is your personal favourite? Um, well, we, we were talking about our most interesting objects from the archives. I don't know if Kelly wants to start that off. Um, um, well, I guess we recently found uh, it had just, it's not, it wasn't lost, let's just say, I don't want to get anyone to get the wrong impression. It wasn't lost, it was just um, rearranged and we couldn't find the shelf. <laughs> uh, but we recently rediscovered our, um, our enclosure map from 1817, which is the original parchment map uh, from when Hera was enclosed. And that's pretty great because it being the original, it's just beautiful to look at, it's very well done. And also, um, it's pre uh, the 19 or eight, sorry, 1845 Enclosure Act, so it's it's quite an early one. And um, Harrow doesn't have a, any kind of tie the map or anything from earlier or that era, so this is like the go-to earliest map of Harrow kind of thing. And we get a lot of requests for it. And when we rediscovered it, one of the things that we were looking to do was to hopefully get it digitized. Um, which, fingers crossed, that will be happening once the lockdown uh, kind of eases and people can get in. That's the Layers of London project that we're working on. But I just find that map so incredible because it was kind of what shaped the burrow um, when it was enclosed and um, there it is right at your fingertips. Like opening it was quite an amazing experience for us. So we haven't included that in exhibition since it is so fragile. But the hope is that once we do get it digitized, it can then be just available and used in many ways as well as reproduced. And that would be, well, that would be great for me anyway, because I really enjoy that piece. I think um, just on the back of that, I think for me, you know, when we do exhibitions, we recently did our VE Day project and that exhibition will go up in January. It's been delayed, but it will go up in January, fingers crossed. Um, but that, you know, that exhibition allowed me to kind of dig deep into our photography collections within the archive and just being in front of a cabinet and, you know, opening drawers up is quite exciting. And, that, you know, I really enjoyed that aspect of our archives. And, you know, we haven't dug down deep enough to cover all of them so I'm quite excited to see what else comes up and yeah photos just tell so many different memories I think actually we were using one of the photos um, of a, a VE day street party for our poster in when we were doing a call for memories and someone actually emailed back and said oh that's my family in the photo and you know things like that you know really excites us so yeah I think for me for photographs are really quite key to kind of bridging that gap. That's great that you have community feedback on those kind of things. You know, you can't research things like, oh, well, that's my Aunt Sally and things like that. How would you know that if someone doesn't tell you? 
Yeah, we're so grateful. I mean, th this is definitely something we're kind of pushing is memories. We've done a lot of oral histories recently. And I think, you know, when I do plan exhibitions going forward, it's kind of an element I always want to include is memories. So you know, next year we have an exhibition about nature in Harrow and, you know, it lends itself to many different avenues. But people's memories of just like their local park or their local nature reserve, you know, kind of just adds that depth to an exhibition that, you know, I wouldn't be able to find otherwise in a, in a book or something. So yeah, for me, that's kind of, is at the heart of everything we, we do now. Oh. So what do you have available to view online that you've digitized then? So actually, we've recently had our online catalogue revamped by Axial. Um, we have this thing called ComView, and it looks really swanky and new now, so I'm very excited about that. So we don't have uh, a ton of stuff online because of that new revamp at the moment, but we hope that when we launch it in the new year, we will have at least um, at least a thousand records on there for people to go through. Uh, one large chunk of those are the objects that are in the house have all been photographed and obviously very detailed um, data entry for that. So there's a lot of three-dimensional museum objects that are on the list um, and some archival objects that have come out of that that are part of the permanent collection. But at the moment, what we're tackling is a series of photographs from um, Pinner, which is an area of Harrow very historic uh, and a lot of photographs, and a lot of interest in Pinner. There's still a historical society that's very active. So our goal is to get those pictures up so that people can enjoy kind of having a browse on that um, in the new year. And then the cycle through those cabinets that Stacey was talking about with the photos, they're organized by um, town within the borough. So our Pinner was our first kind of test for how the digitization project will go and then we're going to hopefully move on to Stanmore and then continue through the other towns and get those on there. Um, so keep an eye out basically is the answer because in the new year there'll be a lot more things heading up onto the online catalog. Oh fantastic. Thank you Stacey and Kelly. it's been wonderful hearing about the work you've been doing. You clearly work well as a team and you've got a lot of <laughs> plans for the future your collection is huge I, I wish you the very best of luck getting through the backlog it sounds like it will be a, a daunting but fun task I'm sure you'll you'll turn up loads of treasures in the meantime thank you for having us thank you thank you so much bye